Hey guys, this is Kieran Warwick of Alluvium, the game-changing and very first AAA title on the Ethereum blockchain. And I'm on the edge of NFT, the AAA podcast showing the outer edge of how the game is changing. Keep on listening. Hey, NFT curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode to learn how Alluvium is building an incredible universe dedicated to the most passionate of Web3 gamers. How argumentativeness can be really awesome. No, it can't. And a little bit more about how you could find your own private island. All this and more in today's episode. And finally, NFTLA 2022. Hey, it was a blast, but it was also a blast off in a giant plume of bright burning rocket fuel. Web3 NFTs, blockchain decentralization, and a suite of immersive new tech developments have just exploded onto the canvas of life. Outer Edge is the theme of this year's event in 2023 dedicated to those of you building with us at the outer edges, making the future happen. The community-centric gathering returns to LA March 20th to the 23rd, 2023, to uplift creators and technologists through interactive experiences, a wide variety of discussions and presentations, and entertaining surprises that transport participants to the outer edge of what's possible when we co-create a new paradigm, embracing the decentralized web, artificial intelligence, extended reality, and more. To register to attend or learn how to co-create an experience on the Outer Edge, head over to outeredge.live. The event's being organized by the Edge of Company and us founders of the Edge of NFT podcast. See you there. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Kieran Warwick, a proven serial entrepreneur and co-founder of Illuvium. Working alongside his brother, Kane Warwick, in e-commerce, Kieran was exposed to Bitcoin and Ethereum early on. His enthusiasm for the crypto space led to joining BlueShift. While there, Kieran successfully onboarded major Australian exchanges and started the world's first OTC cryptocurrency exchange. At the same time, DeFi was quickly growing. With his background and interest in trading penny stocks, Kieran wanted to pioneer a DeFi project that would be a game changer pun intended, for the in industries it represented. With this in mind, he tapped his brother, Aaron, co-founder and game designer, to develop what will be the first AAA gaming title on the Ethereum blockchain, and Alluvium was born. Alluvium is a video game developer and publisher of AAA play-to-earn crypto games. They remove the ownership gap between gamer and game, engaging its stakeholders in a community-governed collaborative game development model. The games feature collectible NFT assets with in-game functionality that are playable across multiple games planned for the Alluvium metaverse and will appear in partnership with other games in the larger DeFi metaverse. Kieran, welcome to Edge of NFT. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome to be here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm, I'll just say, we're talking a little Crocodile Dundee before I <laughs> yeah. got started on this show. So let the listener on. I don't know, talking about Aussies and, and the whole culture. But so it's good to have you on to represent and and you and your pet kangaroos as well. We hear you yeah. have a couple of them. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, a couple parked downstairs. Excellent. Good. And a koala probably in the kitchen. All right. Well, let's jump 
right in and start from the beginning here. Where did the idea for Alluvium really come from and how, how would you describe it to someone that's completely unfamiliar? It started by three brothers and we come from a family of four boys, which you can imagine it was quite competitive growing up. And one thing that we loved doing is gaming. As early as I can remember, we would play games on the Nintendo. We had, uh, our dad was obsessed with Mac. So we, whatever limited game that was available on Mac, we would play. We had Game Boys. We had, we're always playing video games. I think we're destined to get to this stage at some point. And it wasn't until I got back into crypto because when I was working at Blue Shift, I, I traded for a little bit. Uh, Ethereum was at like $8 or something like that. And I put all of my money into it. I lost a whole bunch, which killed me. And I was like, screw crypto. I'm out. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I don't believe in this space anymore. So I left. And it wasn't until 2020 that I came back when DeFi summer really kicked off. And then I was looking at like 30, 40 different protocols a day. And I saw a game called Axie Infinity start and not, it wasn't even taking off. I think it only had like 10,000 people that were in it at that stage playing it, but it was NFTs inside of a game that really got me. And I hit up our two other brothers and one's a extremely good artist. He's been in the CGI industry for a long, long time. The other is a game developer who particularly in game design. And I said, guys, there's a huge opportunity here to have ownership inside of games. Let's start building something. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds like a fun crew. And so there's four of you. Yeah. Just you said total. Four in total, but we don't include the eldest one because he's not in the project with us. He's got his own project, Synthetics. He was actually the one who really pushed me to come back into the space. Good old crypto family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, mean, it's family members and the history there, kind of the understanding of how you all operate. It's a different thing. I guess there's probably pros and cons, right? 100%. There's pros and cons, but (laughs) I think we can all hold uh, each other accountable to a level that you couldn't normally hold team members or even co-founders. As you said, I've had many ventures in my time and it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to upset them or whatever. That I don't want to upset them filter is kind of removed. You kind of want to upset them probably. Yeah, yeah. lost that yeah. years ago. <laughs> in some cases, absolutely. <laughs> nice, eh? So with Alluvia, man, like, so one of the things we know, and so many people have been working on trying to you know, build out like truly decentralized games, it's just a hard thing to do, right? There's so many different elements that whether it's where certain data is stored or, or how they function, it's just hard to do. Interoperability is like one of those things that that's been floating around out there and, and folks are really starting to integrate it you know, into their games. So being able to move assets across games and, and across different chains and so on. How do you guys think about that with Alluvium? We think interoperability between blockchains and different gaming IPs and and stuff like that is still a little bit away. It's definitely a ways away. When I say a ways away, I mean to be fully optimized where you're having the same gaming experience across each one of these games 
it's very, very hard to collaborate and, and ensure that the user doesn't have like a bad experience in one game and then, oh, this IP, yes, I can use my NFT in it, but it's a terrible game. The graphics are bad or there's no storyline here or it, it broke down because they're on a, set, a chain that went offline and all of these types of things. We took a different approach and we decided, okay, well, let's build our own universe inside of the metaverse and we decided to have interoperable assets between our own ip and the reason is we can control all of the different factors we know the games that we're building we know how an nft goes from one game to the other game to another game we know if we decide to create an additional game on top how that's going to integrate into it because we can control the entire experience it makes it a much more smoother transition for interoperability. Yeah, that makes sense, at least as a starting point, right? And I guess at some point as folks continue to evolve and grow, and I'm, I'm sure it's really a several-year process where there'd be some universal standard, right, that everybody's kind of agreeing on for interoperability, that would probably be an inflection point at some point in the future. Yeah, totally. And we're not against it. And when it was... It's something that we're not opposed to doing and at some stage potentially saying, here's a bit of a sandbox environment of Alluvium. If you want to go and build something, here are our standards, go for it. And if the community agrees on it, then we'll integrate that in the future. It's just, we still think that's a ways away, but we also think that that's okay, right? Like our goal here is to get traditional mainstream gamers to come over to Web3. And the idea that you can take a weapon or a skin or armor from one game and port it into another game and have the same stats and not have to grind again for hours and hours and hours, that alone is a concept that seems fairly simple to us NFT folks. But when you say that to a mainstreamer, they're like, whoa, that's insane, right? Like, how does that work? We think that that's going to be enough. We just want to do it really well. So people don't sit there and go, yeah, okay, you can bring that piece of armor into a new game, but it's broken. It's bugged. It doesn't fit inside that game. We want it to really be seamless. Yeah, that's fun. What is Alluvium Overworld. Can you tell us a little bit about that concept and what goes on? Sure. So Overworld is where everyone captures their NFTs, the characters, right? We call them alluvials. That's where a large chunk of our storyline is. You are this ranger that is crash landed on this mysterious planet. You don't really know what's going on, but there's this society that essentially goes around and hunts these alluvials and it's your job to try and figure out what happened here and what are these alluvials and you do that by going through and and traversing the seven different regions that we have so it's a very massive open world and every region is a different type of biome and so we're really trying to immerse the the user in the experience and you've got to level up a, a typical adventure game where you start off battling what we call tier zero alluvials. Once you have captured those, then you can go and battle against more powerful alluvials. And you slowly start 
building up your team until you can ideally collect all of the alluvials that are in every region. And then you go into our third game, which is Alluvium Arena, and you start battling them with that team that you have. It's interesting when I hear about there's so much lore in-game dynamics that go into this kind of thing. And I can imagine how interesting and complicated putting that together is. I have to ask this question based on our previous part of the conversation that your brothers are involved and maybe the answer is out there and I just don't know it, but do you have any like family history, Easter eggs or kind of context that you're baking into this thing or is it kind of just a separate world? The one that's out there and we're very, very protective of our law. We want it to be an experience that people go through and learn as you're playing. That's the first thing. But one thing that is out there is we've created three characters based on the the three brothers and they're all monkeys. The, The idea is that I'm this fighter character. I'm always on the front line. I'm bash down doors and things like that. I've got this big monkey club and Aaron is a scion. So he's, you know, the the brains behind the game design and stuff like that. And then Grant is a rogue and they've got cool names like, so Aaron's is Apon, Grant's is Grilla. I'm Monkeer. Beautiful. Sorry, I was, <laughs> was going to say, now being brothers, I'm not privy to everything that goes on in game design. I'm very much the business guy that's, as I said, is on those front lines. I'm heavily involved with marketing and other components like that. So I don't know what these guys have got in store for me. There's definitely Easter eggs that I'm going to find and be like, you bastards. Like, why would you put that in? But I don't know them myself yet. You don't even know yet. Love it. Nice, man. So so you mentioned Alluvium Zero, right? Which is now live. Tell us a little bit more around that. Like, what are the details? Like, how does it all work? Alluvium Zero is uh, super cool. So we've essentially created this. It was meant to be a small companion game for us to really demonstrate to our community that we can build games. Because a lot of people don't realize is that we're a brand new studio that hasn't released a, a title yet. And go back 18 months ago, we had a very ambitious to create this universe and we wanted to create something quickly that like most things in alluvium had huge amounts of scope creep. And now that's a fully fledged mobile game. That's a city builder. So like think Simpsons tapped out or like Sim city back in the day, you're trying to create a industrial complex and the more optimized that your complex is, the more fuel you can extract out of that, out of your land plot. You buy this NFT, it allows you to start playing. And there is a free version that you don't need an NFT for, and that's super important. But then there's this these super limited NFTs, which we call land plots, that allow you to extract that fuel. And that fuel that you extract is what powers the entire economy. So if you want to travel to a region, if you want to fuse together three alluvials to make a more powerful one, you want to craft weapons, all of it requires fuel. Awesome. Yeah. So that it's starting to tie all the all these different elements together of alluvium. It kind of the launch pad into the next, I guess, into the next iteration, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
The last few shows, Ethan, too, like we've talked a lot about land and land plots. And it's just interesting for us as we're doing Outer Edge LA, formerly NFT LA. And one of the things we did this year is just we created um, the, the concept of, of land grants and land plots for folks that, that come in and can do basically whatever they want within the space, like the physical space. Um, it's just so interesting. Like so much of this conversation we've been having over the last few weeks relates to land in the uh, in the metaverse and web three and and all these different games and and universes every little thing we talk it kind of gives us other ideas for how to translate that into the real world and yeah. uh, kind of level people up and there's so much interesting possibilities i guess with that concept we're just kind of getting started on it but really fun yeah totally yeah and I, we haven't said it out loud which is probably just because We've got to be concerned about what the rest of the planning did that. But it, <laughs> clearly it makes sense that these land plots could be NFTs, right? Like it's like it fits so well. And maybe for next year, we'll get that involved. Right, right. <laughs> You're like, let's just get this stuff first. <laughs> no, it's true. It's just like you were saying though, right? You got to start somewhere. And if you if you try to be perfect and incorporate every last element of everything you want to do into your first iteration, you're just never going to get there. You got to prioritize, start someplace, start building. It's pretty awesome. You guys are, you know, really, and chopping wood, as I like to say, but it's start, starting to accelerate, you can see with uh, these different releases. So very cool to learn about. Well, tell us about Aluvatars. These are configurable collectibles, lots of possibilities. What's going on with them? Yeah, so there's billions of combinations that you can make in set one. What they are is they're essentially your avatar for your alluvial, right? And they're also, they can also be used as your avatar across all of the different games. Think about when you're in a lobby and you're waiting for a game to start or whatever, or maybe you're on social chat or, or Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be, you use one of these Aluvatars as your identity inside of Alluvium. One step further in typical Alluvium fashion and said, that's not good enough. There's so many NFT collections out there where it's like, this is my identity and, and that's kind of where it ends. We built a game on top of that called Alluvium Beyond. And that's our fourth title, which is essentially a card collecting game. So there's no TCG yet. If the community wants to, they're able to vote for which games we build next, but there is the card collecting element. We've tried to essentially take card games like a Magic the Gathering or like a Pokemon and digitize it. You go out and you buy these things that we call discs. They're like a pack and they contain a bunch of accessories and a couple of Aluvatars, which these profile pictures in the first wave, which is coming out in March 7th, there's 25 of the, what we call the non-tier zeros. And then there's another 25 of the tier zeros. And the idea is that you're competing with other collectors to try and find the rarest combination of which you make up. You have the the option to, when you mint these things, to say, okay, I'm going to take this bow tie and I'm going to put it on this squiz because I think it looks better there. And there are four different accessory slots that you can fill, whether it be like tattoos or a hat or a prop, all of these sorts of fun stuff. And the idea is there's billions of combinations that you can make, but all of the art is hand-drawn. We have this super high standard and a lot of people can see that across the graphics inside of our main titles. And we brought that into this new game, Alluvium Beyond. 
And I'm super excited about it. I've started teasing the community, going in and minting packs on testnet. And some of the combinations that you can build are really, really cool. Like they, you've got like pipes and earrings and stuff like that. It's not inside of the, the Alluvium universe. It's not part of the law. That's why we call it Alluvium Beyond. But it's a fun way for us to bridge the gap between NFT collectors and gamers. We think that they are two distinct segments. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, most definitely, man. And I think a really important thing, and it's not like you guys are really balancing these different elements, is there's gameplay. And by definition, it's supposed to be fun and engaging and competitive elements built into it, right? But there's just pure fun also. And like collecting things and creating things for a lot of people, there's a ton of like pure joy built into that. So finding a way to incorporate that into everything you're doing here, it sounds really special. And, and I know initially... The real needle mover for me with NBA Top Shot was like opening packs, like when it very first, like that beta release in like August of 2020, man, it was like early. I was like, what the fuck? What is this? Like, this is really cool. As a like baseball card collector in, in years past and all that, it's just something special about it. It is pure joy for me doing those things. So it's cool to hear about how that's evolving for you guys. Yeah. I mean, we, we were obsessed. Grant and I particularly were obsessed with Pokemon cards growing up. Our dad was a famous tennis player. And when he retired, he had a tennis center and we were forced to work at that tennis center because we lived in the house. We negotiated with our parents to get like something like $5 a day if we ended up minding the desk and like selling chips and drinks and stuff to the tennis players. And we would get that $5 at the end of the day and literally just go straight to the store and buy a pack of Pokemon cards. We really wanted to recreate that feeling and make it. The cool thing that, about collecting cards like that digitally is that they you can't lose them. They can't be stolen. They can't have like frayed edges and stuff like that that makes them not worth as much. So you've always got them. And I mean, you could get your wallet stolen or something like that. I guess that's the the equivalent, but that's that's what we're trying to tap into. That's psychology. Yeah, that's so much fun, man. And so this roadmap, you guys have been building, you've been executing against it. What's next? What do we have to look forward to? Partnerships, collaborations, new releases, like, like what's next? We've started approaching with Aluvatars, we've started approaching huge brands in the fashion space, the food space, sporting teams and we've started signing deals that we can't release yet what they are but essentially there's going to be these partner packs where we'll do a collaboration with the brand and then you'll be able to mint an Aluvatar that that has their fashion all over you'll have their branded glasses their branded hats their branded shirts and what we're trying to do there is open up Aluvatars to their web two audience. And again, it's like a, a carrot to say like, Hey, this is something that one of your favorite brands is doing, but also this IP that you're buying into, because we still use our characters. We just dress them up in, uh, we bling them up in their brand. You then take a look at like, Oh, wow, that's their Pikachu. In our case, it's an Atlas. What is this? And then hopefully they start going into, okay, what's Alluvium Arena? What's Alluvium Overworld? And they start getting into the IP. That's 
the first thing that's coming out on March 7th. Partnerships with Alubitaz is going to be a little bit later. But after that, we're opening this thing up. At some stage this year, all games go live at the same time because it's all interoperable. We can't have a situation where we launch one and not the others. And two years of building is coming down to a single point where we just open the floodgates. And the, the cool thing about that is a lot of games will sell you their NFTs. We don't do that. You've got to go and capture them. You can literally spend no money and start capturing NFTs inside of our universe. We think that first dash around the overworld is going to be pretty insane. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait for the Aluvi Vuitton collaboration, right? That's coming, right? That's got to be in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be. I heard it here first. Come on. There you go. Come on. There you go. That's a good one, Joe. Nice. All right. Well, before we wrap up these sort of conversation topics here and get onto quick hitters, which I'm sure will be fun, what projects are you following outside of Alluvium that you find interesting that, that maybe our listeners would find interesting? I love Eat Lizards. It's this little, well, it's not little anymore, but it's this project that spun out of the DGen channel in Alluvium, which was this place where I could go in, I could be myself. No, like there wouldn't be many of our community members that would go in there because it's just like, God, these guys just talk absolute trash. They're going in and out of projects all the time. Even the founders talking trash and in here, I'm I'm going to stay away. So that was kind of like my safe place. And then those guys were smart enough to go, you know what? Let's build an NFT collection around this and take it outside of Alluvium. And one day I went in there and it just was non-existent. No one was talking. I'm like, where did everyone go? This is my community, my outlet. And then I found out that they'd moved it over to their own community. And, and now that's grown into a huge project. At one point, these things were worth like five ETH each. And I advise those guys and I love what they're doing. I invest pretty heavily in games. Civitas is one that it doesn't have a token yet or anything like that, but you can still buy their NFTs. Super excited about that. Another one is the Fancy Studio which uh, they've got one game out, which unfortunately they launched pretty much in the bear market, but they're focusing on hyper casual games. Yeah, they're two that I would say I enjoy. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Uh, well, hey, man, thanks so much for, for sharing all of that. Uh, Alluvian's got so much already that you've accomplished, but this year just sounds like a pretty pivotal year for all of our listeners. You know, check it out. Alluvium is crushing it. So thanks again. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. 
Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. We want to shift gears though, and we want to talk to you about some personal perspectives on questions. It's a segment that we call Edge Quick Hitter. It's just a fun and quick way to get to know you better. What we're looking for is like short answers, like single words or just a few words. We might dive a little bit deeper though, if we find something of a special <laughs> interest. You ready to get after these? Yeah, let's do it. All right, brother. Question number one. What's the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Tennis racket. Makes a lot of sense. Ops being a, a pro and whatnot. All right. Question number two. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? A Pokemon card that was grossly overvalued. And yeah, I don't feel good about it. I still lose sleep at night. Oh, wow. Okay. Pokemon hustlers, you guys over there. Question. <laughs> so you wish you still had it? Is that the thing? Now, if he still has it, he's laughing at me. But at the time, it was worth like five bucks. I was like, nah, man, this is at least $25. And him and his brother, his brother gave him his lunch money. It was a, it, it wasn't a good situation. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, it's still learning. It was early days. Question number three. What's the most recent thing you purchased? It was exercise bike for my fiance. Right on. One of those Peloton type ones with like videos and cool stuff like that? Or I've started using it. It's actually, apart from the seat being like a cement cinder block, the fact that you can go around and I was in Iceland last night. And before that, I was in Hawaii going around. Like it's, it's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. It's kind of addictive, it's, especially when they have like, there's other people right in there and you can see kind of how you're doing against other people. So yeah. you can compete. It's got the bite, like you go up a hill and it goes like it's I was sitting there. She's like, I need this one. And I'm like, that is like three thousand dollars. Like, I'm not doing like what? <laughs> like, no, look at the market. We're not there. <laughs> but I ended up doing it anyway. Yeah, good investment, I think. Question number four. What's the most recent thing you sold? Jeez, I don't really sell much stuff. What did I sell? I sold my fiance's car. I bought her a new one. And I said, the money that you get from that car is mine. And she ended up taking it anyway and was like, I'm spending it on my wedding dresses or, or whatever. Sounds like not a, not a bad outcome there though. Yeah. <laughs> keeps, you out of, keeps you out of trouble, I think, Kieran. That's yeah. It allows me to just sit in this den. Though. <laughs> there you go. Question number five. What is your most prized possession? I've got this. It's an NFT, which is an ETH lizard morphed with a robot, which is Mozart robot. Oh. And uh, Roger, the artist that, that drew it, we do these metal plates where you can print your NFT on the metal plate. He signed it. And when that came, I've got one thing in this office that I have, and, and it's that. Awesome. That's very cool. In looking at the ETH lizards too, it reminded me of like a mix of Muppets, the characters from Fraggle Rock, and then Slee Stacks from Land of the Lost. If you watched that show from back in the day, it's a lot of nostalgia in the really simple but fun design. It's, yeah, it's a very, very suit. The reason I love this one though is Roger designed it and he's one of the best concept artists in the world. And we have this honorary lizards that if you look at that collection versus the normal collection, they're like hand-drawn, ridiculously good quality lizards. And this is one of them. Good score. Question number six, if you could buy anything in the world, something digital, physical, a service, an experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? What do you have your eye on? An island. 
That is nice. <laughs> yeah, the island. Awesome. Is there a specific island? Have you been looking at anything in particular? No, no, no. I just think it would be cool to be like, hey, 30 of my friends, let's go out to the island. And I mean, you need a whole bunch of other stuff to be able to get there. But yeah. yeah. I think Ethan's got his eye on one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, I'll just tell you, like, I, I found this. Of course, they would have this <laughs> nowadays if you didn't already know. There's like a private island's basically yes. real estate site. Right? I've, so I've literally, seen it. Yeah. I've so seen it. Don't worry pick, about You can pick one out. Yeah. I got. Yes. I found one in Argentina that was that looked pretty awesome. How much was it? I mean, really, it was quite affordable. I mean, from memory, very affordable. I mean, we're talking about like, I don't know, like a million dollars or something. For an island, that's very affordable. And it had its own wildlife, <laughs> like running around <laughs> the thing. <laughs> that's in the middle of this lake. I don't know. Yeah, pretty dope. Yeah, it's it's, it's also a lot of responsibility. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, the rising sea levels. Yeah, you, you know, got I don't know. It's warming. Like, it's like yeah. <laughs> this is gonna last ten years. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Definitely. All right. Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? I don't know. Maybe charisma. I don't want to sound. I mean, like, I don't have to disagree cool. with that, Kieran. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't take myself too seriously. And I think people yeah. appreciate that sometimes. For sure. That's a good well, one. Flip it on its head. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Probably my argumentativeness. I'm a debater. Even if I don't agree with something or I do agree with something, I still find a way to sit there debating it and get very frustrating for people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know people like that. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. A little easier one here. Uh, Question nine. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? I was buying and selling every single food coin in existence. Explain more. Yes. Think like sushi token, pickle token, kimchi token. (laughs) Bananas? Banana? Did you do bananas? I didn't do a banana. What else? There, I mean, <laughs> I went deep. Like, I ended up on the Tron network, buying and selling tokens, which I'm an ETH maxi, and when you get down to that level, you, you're talking serious degenerative <laughs> stuff there. What prompted this? Were you just hungry for a fruit salad or like what? When I say food token, I mean, there were hundreds of tokens that I was trading. I was basically, I was a yield farmer. Well, I wanted to stake my tokens. And this was back in the the day where if something didn't have 10,000 APY, I was like, whoa, I'm not even looking at that. That's <laughs> no way. And it's like, well, <laughs> you literally, you put a thousand bucks in and you make 50 grand in like 15 minutes. And you're like, what is this space? Very interesting. All right. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for how that collection goes, Kieran. Sounds interesting. And maybe, maybe we'll have to launch something for you. The Takedo NFT. There you <laughs> keep go. an eye out for it. All right. Last one, buddy. What are you doing next after the podcast? I unfortunately am going to start my work day. It's 9am. That will probably go to somewhere around 1am and then I'll do it all again. (laughs) There it is. Builder, 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 right? That's it. Ethan, you got something extra there? Oh, an extra question? Yeah. You look like you had something out there. I was buzzing on some stuff. I don't know. I mean, I think that, I don't know. We'll throw one in just because you asked. If, if your brothers could choose one personality trait to not pass on to the next generation, would it be the same one, the argumentativeness, or this is something else? No, we're all very, very different. Definitely not. That's sort of the magic 
pudding that gets put together is we all bring different ingredients and we're like we're brothers we're all competitive that's a trait that is across the board but we all bring different things to the table and i think they balance each other out somehow sounds about right yeah indeed hey there nft space cadet let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to abbott kinney boulevard in venice beach la Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as their highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. All right, man, that's quick hitters. Appreciate you. Help bring some levity to what we're talking about over here. Good stuff. We we do appreciate that. And before we break for this episode, we do want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you, where to follow Alluvium. If you guys are active on social as individuals also, just want to make sure people know where to track all this fun stuff you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Discord is the best place to start. So join the Alluvium Discord. There's 210,000 people in there. So it's pretty crazy. You'll be welcomed. And then if you're on Twitter, uh, same thing. Follow us on Twitter. We're very active on there. We're very transparent. We always share different stuff. And if you want to follow me and some of my troll posts and some useful information every now and again, I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, What's your name on Twitter? I'm just Kieran Warwick. All right. There you go. Keep it easy. And then last thing is we were chatting a little bit earlier about a giveaway that we were putting together for our listeners. We'll end up uh, putting it together on Gleam and sharing it with everybody and let them know the details on our socials. But you want to give a little bit of a background on what they can expect? Yes. What we'll set up is the first, actually. We haven't done this with anyone. It'll be Aluvatar's giveaways. We'll give you guys a bunch of standard discs, which people can open. They've got those Aluvatars, those accessories in them. And then we'll give you a bunch of mega discs, which have rarer, higher tiered Aluvatars in them. And yeah, we'll set up the parameters of how we do it, whether it be in your Discord or on socials or whatever. But yeah, we'd love to get your community a part of that. 
Amazing. Yeah, that'll definitely get people excited. Keep an eye out on our socials. We'll get all the details together for you. And yeah, get pumped because there's some amazing stuff happening at Alluvium. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. Invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Also, look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.